This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. On today's show, we're back from the dead with a slew of new comic recommendations. I chat with insanely prolific writer Marguerite Bennett, who seems to write basically everything, and then I talk about Over the Garden Wall for what seems like forever and ever. Well, hi, everybody. How was your Halloween? I had a pretty good one. Did you? Okay, I asked that already. It's our 10th episode! I know that's a, that's a really natural topic change, but oh my god, we're here. Um, I hope to be saying it again with so much enthusiasm when we get to 100 or 10,000, because as you all know, I'm immortal. So we're here, and uh, a ton of stuff is going on. Um, we launched a Patreon. I'm going to talk to you more about that later on. Um, but personally, um, uh, I wrote a bunch of stuff, and it came out. Uh, last week, Bittersweets came out, which is the newest Adventure Time graphic novel that I've written, drawn by Zachary Sterling, who's absolutely incredible, and colored by Whitney Kogar, because it's in color. It's so exciting. Uh, this book is all about Peppermint Butler and uh, Princess Bubblegum going on a quest, and... It's so cool to see it out there and to see two books that I wrote on a shelf next to each other. It's a really, it's a really exciting feeling. I can't. Huh, that's cool. Um, so that came out. And then this week, because um, I always just assume that you are listening to this the exact uh, specific time that I imagine you were listening to it in. Um, I also think that you look really nice in that outfit and that you should probably say sorry to that person. Um <laughs> Don't you love just listening to me giggle on my podcast? Um, so this week was Bravest Warriors number 26 as well as Fraggle Rock number 2. So it's Kate Leth All Ages Week if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Fraggle Rock is halfway through now because there's two issues left to go. Uh, again, that's drawn by Jake Myler, who is unstoppable. And his use of color is fantastic. Um, these books are being put out by Arkea, and if you've picked them up, the one thing that you might notice first about them is they're just so nicely put together. This is absolutely gorgeous semi-matte cover stock, and the paper's really, really nice, and the design is really, really nice. So it's kind of a treat to pick up every issue, even though I, you know, I see the previews and stuff of, of the comics themselves before it comes out, because it just looks so classy, and I'm so excited to see what the trade paperback or hardcover collection is going to look like, because those guys make really, really good book collections. Um, Bravest Warriors 26 starts a whole new arc that is about robots and monsters, but also romance. And I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of what their reaction is going to be to that because I'm taking a little, a little bit of a risk with it. <laughs> it's definitely different than the show at this point. Um, Ian and I have had a lot of fun with that one. So that's really, really cool. Uh, Edward Scissorhands issue number two is out next week. Thought it was this week. It's actually next week. Uh, so that's November 19th is what I'm talking about. And uh, then uh, you get a little bit of a break from my stuff until December. <laughs> Hooray. Um, so that's, yeah, kind of everything that I've been doing. I feel like I've just been writing and writing and writing. And, you know, I always get to these weeks where it feels like, oh, I just crossed those deadlines and now I can actually sleep. And I'm kind of in that space right now, which is really awesome. So much has happened. I've been traveling 
Let's talk about that. She was here, and now she's gone. Heels, now she's Who's in her cat? My roommate. Who's one kitchen? Lisa. So I went to Puerto Rico, and that's a thing that happened in my life. Um, I was invited by a, a shop down in, in San Juan to come to the Comics Megazone, which is a shop, a Halloween Comics Fest. And that was a weird thing to be invited to. Not that it, I mean, it was absolutely wonderful. But, uh, you know, some days when you wake up with an email that's like, hey, can we fly you to Puerto Rico to go to a comic convention? You sit there for a while and stare at the wall and wonder how you ended up here. And then you feel really good and a little scared. <laughs> so all of those things happened. And then I went to Puerto Rico. And the con there was a delight. The people who ran it were absolutely wonderful. Um, the costumes were really, really cool. And I got to meet a bunch of cosplayers who were invited. And that was that was really neat. You know, it was a tiny little show. Um, and, you know, just, just for the, the weekend. But we had some fun panels. And there's some really cute kids and stuff that came by. And it was in this absolutely beautiful hotel in... San Juan. <laughs> I don't. It was really cool. Uh, it was neat that 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 got to happen. So uh, that was really awesome. Thanks to Comics Megazone for bringing me down for that. Um, yeah, it's such a crazy out of the blue thing. And uh, yay! <laughs> After that, I went to exotic Halifax, uh, which is where I live, and uh, not not actually exotic, but pretty pretty nice. Um, last weekend we had here in town HalCon, which was its either third or fourth year running, and I was a guest of it, which is kind of crazy to be a guest of a con in your own hometown, and that was great. Uh, Bittersweets had just had just come out, and so I had a whole bunch of books and a whole bunch of comics, and uh, yeah, it was so cool. Uh, I, I had no idea what to expect because when you live somewhere, you have no idea if people are actually going to come out where they kind of have access to you whenever, especially when I work at a comic book shop here. So I kind of expected to end up with a bunch of books left over and just to have a really great weekend because my boyfriend was in town from LA. So that was really nice. <laughs> but it was fantastic. I mean, the turnout was amazing and the, the costumes were amazing. And so many kids came by and there was a little girl named Hero. The came to get comics signed and she was all excited because I'm a lady and I write comics and my heart grew three sizes uh so hero you are mine um there was also an absolutely adorable girl named Piper who does her own web comics uh called Aries the Dog of War and yeah she's 14 and it's done in like pencil crayon and and she, she was dressed up like Robin and it gave me so much hope um uh, little little people that come and buy my comics um there's just nothing there's just nothing like it and it was really exciting so those were some definite highlights of the show um also a bar in town named a drink after me and I had a lot of them. <laughs> what a weekend. It was so much fun. And I, I'm on my way to the Miami Book Fair in in a little bit, um, the 22nd and 23rd, I believe. Uh, and then I kind of take a little bit of a con break until early next year. So uh, Jason's going to have to find a reason for us to use that song again. I'm going to lie. I'm just get sleep con. TV con, cartoon con. That's where I was. Pajamas con. <laughs> um. No, it's it's been really fantastic. I cannot believe I've done like 12 conventions this year. Um, if you hate your body, try that. It's 
interesting. See if you can survive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't even. I don't even know if there's anything uh, real uh, specific until Staple, which is in March of next year. So, if you're in Miami, come see me because otherwise you gotta wait till it's like warm again. Oh no, you're in Miami. It's always warm. Never mind. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> What is Kate reading? What am I reading now? What is Kate reading? What am I reading now? I have been a very bad comics reader for the last two weeks because I have been a very busy comic writer. And I was saying to the guys in the studio, every week do I say I haven't been reading enough? Um, And it's kind of true, but... This last two weeks has been eaten up by something that I think a lot of you might have seen if you follow me on Twitter or on Tumblr because I have talked about it nonstop, uh, which is Over the Garden Wall, which is a cartoon, so not a comic necessarily, but I feel that the worlds overlap so much that it's fine if I talk about it for uh, an extended period of time. (laughs) Over the Garden Wall was a, or and is, a miniseries that Cartoon Network put out that it was created by a couple of people who had worked on Adventure Time as well as a number of others, um, uh, mostly created by Patrick McHale, who had worked on that. And it is a, yeah, so it's a miniseries. It's 10 episodes that are 11 minutes long each, so they're packaged uh, like a standard cartoon. So, you know, two 11-minute episodes make one 22-minute episode. So it's actually only five episodes And uh, what you really need to know is you can watch the entire thing in about two and a half hours. And you should watch it all at once. You can do it in installments. That's how it aired on TV, uh, which with, you know, one two-part episode every night for a week, which is really cool. But uh, you definitely get a lot out of it from watching the entire thing at once. And what it is, is this... It reads or watches, I guess. (laughs) So used to talking about comics. It watches like an early 1900s storybook. And a lot of people have said that it's kind of got a wind in the willows feel. There's definitely that, you know, creepy children's story element that a lot of people bring. You know, we'll mention Coraline as being an example of a really great creepy children's story. And I totally agree that it has some feelings to that. But there's also a Studio Ghibli kind of a vibe to a lot of it. Um, it's, It's basically... Yeah, and in very, you know, I think pretty heavy folklore influence as well. And it's a story about these two brothers, Wirt and Greg, who find themselves in a place called the Unknown, and they're on this quest to find their way home, uh, which is great. And I love a hero's journey story. <laughs> it's fantastic. And they encounter all kinds of interesting mythical creatures and anthropomorphic animals and spooky things in the woods. And uh, it is so catered to my interests that I can't believe it's real. Um, I was really excited about the show and had been tweeting about it a bunch and actually got contacted by somebody at Cartoon Network who sent me this amazing little package of a record and a book that goes with the show. And basically, like... um, you know, that's this sort of older tradition of, of storybooks where you have a, this record that plays and every time there's a sound of a steam train, you turn the page and it tells the story of Over the Garden Wall, which is so unbelievably charming. <laughs> I was like sitting in my chair kind of hyperventilating when I opened it. And um, I am such a huge fan of that kind of uh, like really, really lovingly handcrafted viral marketing. And they did, you know, Leica did that so well with Paranorman and with all the amazing stuff they sent me for the box trolls. So this was really, really exciting and so out of the blue. But um, 
so I, I went, you know, and the, the, as soon as I got this package, I went and watched the entire series because you can get it on iTunes. It's 10 bucks. You should do it. And like by the end of the first episode, I was sitting in the dark with, you know, with, like all my lights off, my it, full screen on my computer, just in complete awe of how beautiful it is and what a great story it is. So, you know, there are so many people working on this that work within the world of um, like comics at Boom. So there's people who've worked on Being Puppycat and Adventure Time and Regular Show, I think, and, and stuff like that. So... You know, if, if those are things that you are interested in, you should definitely check it out. Um, I am madly in love with how much amazing animation is out there these days. And I think, yeah, there is this total crossover between comics and animation. And so many people I know that work in comics and that work in comic book stores and read a lot of comics watch a lot of cartoons because uh, natural thing, natural progression. <laughs> but, you know, with so much amazing stuff out there right now, you know, I'm, I'm crazy about Gravity Falls and Steven Universe and Bob's Burgers, which I'm getting really, really into and I think has the best comedic timing on television. Um, there's just so much good stuff out there. So, you know, <laughs> I take a break from writing comics to watch cartoons and it's all kind of homework. Outside of that, I do read. I am still literate. And a lot of stuff came out this week. Uh, a lot of stuff came out last week, too. And there is an enormous pile sitting next to my bed. But some honorable mentions of things that I've either just started or I'm really excited to get into. Uh, She-Hulk number 10 is out. And the horrible news came to us that She-Hulk is ending with number 12, which is awful because this run has been amazing. I am I still don't understand people who don't love Javier Polito's art, and I don't even like to say it because it's so beautiful. But She-Hulk is great. Uh, Charles Sewell writing it uh, works in law and has an incredible understanding of it, uh, but also writes these amazing superhero storylines. So it's half Jennifer Walters in the courtroom and half Jennifer Walters as She-Hulk, you know, kicking butt and flying around the city uh, with Hellcat. And this latest storyline deals with old man Captain America and this accusation that when he was younger, he basically caused the death of a friend. And it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. The Kevin Wada covers are, you know, some of the best covers out there in the world. And you know how I feel about Kevin Wada. He's just the best. Um, so, I mean, if you haven't checked it out yet, the first trade paperback of She-Hulk is out now. And uh, get the single issues because, yeah, there's only 10. There's only going to be 12. Uh, it's going to be a perfect little mini series, but I wish it had gone on forever. Uh, Witches number two is out this week, which is fantastic because, god damn, that's a good horror comic. <laughs> I loved the first issue so much, and it was pretty much universally beloved by uh, Creepsters. And, uh, you know, it's this awesome series that Scott Snyder and Jock are doing about, you know, witchcraft in, in modern America. And I, I haven't read the second issue yet, but the, the, I, like, I looked through the first couple of pages and it's so creepy. I'm so happy. <laughs> I love how great and just weird and dark it is. And, you know, Scott Snyder has this incredibly charming thing about him that I think is so similar with people like Joe Hill, where he is the sweetest looking and nicest man you will ever meet in the world and writes the darkest, most disturbing shit. And that is utterly charming to me. Uh, new this week was The Kitchen from Ollie Masters, Ming Doyle, and Jordi Belair, which I am very excited for. And I had seen some art from Ming as it was coming together, and she had talked to me a little bit about it at Heroes Con earlier this year. Um, Ming's art has been a favorite of mine for a long time. She's an amazing friend and uh, one of the best dressed people in comics. Not really important to the story, but if you ever see her, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she was right. 
the story is set in the 70s in New York and is about some, you know, Irish gangsters and uh, basically a group of women whose husbands are all taken off to jail and they have to take care of of Hell's Kitchen and their, you know, piece of town. So it's some badass ladies and crime and Jordy's colors on Ming's inks are woof, so good. <laughs> it's really great. The first issue just came out. It's from Vertigo. And uh, I definitely, definitely check it out if you're looking to try something new um, from, you know, not just an amazing female artist and colorist, but with an awesome female cast, which, yeah, I'm biased, but it looks great. Uh, Batgirl number 36 is just out in Man, oh, man, this series is incredible. I was talking with some friends about how insane it must be to be Bab Star, who we've talked to before. But, you know, Batgirl being her first comic and, and they just announced a statue of it. It's insane. It's insane. Um, but the character design on these new villains coming in in issue 36 are really fantastic. And I think it's coming together as a tighter Storyline, And I think, you know, the creative team is really uh, meshing together more and more as it goes along. And I can't wait to see where the series is going to go. And I'm just so happy that it exists. Last two things that were out this week that I am still waiting to read. <laughs> it sounds bad when I recommend them, but I'm like, you know, traditionally they've been great. Uh, the Fade Out number three is out. It is a very not safe for work issue. There's a lot of nudity. Can you imagine? Um, it's some very well-drawn nudity and beautifully colored. But uh, this story, which is an old Hollywood murder mystery, um, is just, yeah, it's, it's great. You can trust Brubaker and Phillips to do awesome noir. It's just, you just know it's going to be good. Um, and yeah, the series, no exception to that rule whatsoever. I'm really, really loving the coloring on it. Um, and just just excited to excited to see where it goes. I find it a little bit of a tough read sometimes because they did go real period accurate with the language and it can be a little hard to get through sometimes as is, you know, watching a lot of Mad Men and things like that. Um, I get the story, historical accuracy thing, but I wince a couple times every issue. I'm a baby. What can I say? <laughs> I can get through witches just fine, but when it comes to anti-Semitism, I guess. Anyway, still a great series and uh, yeah, really excited to see how just how deep the rabbit hole goes last thing teen dog teen dog's so great uh jake lawrence is so fun and uh the series is completely filled with uh, references and nods to the indie comics community and a bunch of people who are our friends and artists that i really like and it's just so cute. Teen Dog is so much fun. So, you know, whether you are young or have young friends or just enjoy a dog who eats pizza and skateboards, uh, check out Teen Dog. It's really cute. She's so sweet. Caleb is gonna answer your tweets. Mm. Brandon Pogrob, who is at Beefog, who doesn't want to make it easy for me to pronounce, uh, asks, if someone wants to start a webcomic, what are some things they should have worked out or in place before they launch it? Um, and all of the advice that I'm going to give you is things that I did not do that you should. Uh, if you're going to start a webcomic, there are, there's a lot of things that you need to think about. You need to think about, you know, how far ahead do you want the comic to run? Um, is it a limited series or is it something that you're just kind of kind of play with and, and keep expanding from? 
Um, so basically, do you know where it's going? Do you know if it's something that you want to collect in the long run or if it's something that you're just going to want to keep doing for years and years and years, which it can be very hard to know because, I mean, a lot of these things, when you start, it just becomes like, hey, this seems fun. Um, but it's a good idea. It's also a really good idea, especially uh, once you set an updating schedule um, to have a little bit of a buffer and you're always going to run through it. This always happens. You know, if you know you're going to be updating twice a week, start with, you know, a decent chunk of comics so that if you run a little bit behind or you're traveling or you're sick, you have some comics ready to go. Um, I say this because I am absolutely terrible at it and I never do it, but it seems to work out really well for people who have self-discipline. And (laughs) so I would recommend it. Um, I do... I do think it's a good idea to keep uh, consistency in your webcomic in terms of size or dimensions. Uh, Save two versions of everything that you post. You know, save a really large file of your comic, something that's like at least, you know, three or six hundred DPI. If these words mean nothing to you, just ignore them. But (laughs) something big, a big TIFF file um, that's print ready and then, you know, a smaller web ready version. It's easier to share and easier to post. And if you keep something in the same dimensions, like say it's always five by eight or it's always in a square, then eventually, even if you don't think you're going to print it, you have the ability, which a lot of people, when they start doing web comics, don't think about the eventuality of, oh, I would like to make this a book or I would like to make a zine of this. And I definitely didn't when I started doing Cater Die. It was just whatever I thought of at the time. And <laughs> this, I would do four panels wide or 12 panels tall. And it became very difficult when I went to try and put it into print. So, um, Consider it like you were, you know, if you were going to design a book or or the first part of a series, uh, you know, how would you do that? So it's a lot about setting up, setting up all the, the ground for it and a place to, to build from. Um, and, you know, consider how you want to put it online. Um, there was a, at the, the convention here in town over the weekend, we talked about this a lot. And, uh, you know, Tumblr and WordPress are both really great places to post webcomics. Tumblr has a very, very easy-to-use webcomics format that you can change and edit with a pretty limited knowledge of CSS or HTML that's just, like, forward and back and at the beginning and a page about your characters. And that's really, really great, especially if you're starting. Um, And then you can build up. And definitely it's worthwhile to ask someone who has done it before or who has built sites like that or has knowledge about advertising and, and site design. Um, to help you once you get to a point that you might need that or you might want to start advertising. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to keep in mind. And it's you get pretty much – there are books about it. There are actual books about it. There's a How to Make Web Comics book out there. <laughs> but um, those are definitely some things. And I would say, you know, work out at least the first story arc so you know where you're going um, so that when you update it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of – kind of my advice is so bad as it really is this is what other people do that's so successful and that i can never seem to learn mia moore who on twitter is at exo mia moore who i've talked to before you're lovely hi mia uh asks how do you keep your writing skills sharp any resources or methods and what's your workflow um I journal a lot. I carry a little Taylor Swift notebook around everywhere uh, that was given to me by (laughs) my friend Liza. And I try... The, the new thing that I'm trying is every time that I'm on the bus or every time I'm sitting somewhere waiting for something like a cab or a friend that's late at a restaurant, instead of just flipping through my phone, trying to actually jot stuff down, especially if I'm in the middle of a story in a comic or, you know, working on a pitch or something like that. And I'm not always great at it because I am hopelessly addicted to my phone like most people. But um, 
you know, it's something that, that really helps. And as well, trying to force myself to do projects that are outside of just my deadlines and my due dates, because I know I have to write, you know, an issue of Edward Scissorhands on it for this day and an issue of Bravest Warriors for this day. But a lot of the time I will find myself getting really lazy. And on the days when I don't have a deadline or when I'm caught up on my work, I'll just kind of sit around and watch cartoons and <laughs> be kind of lazy because, you know, these things that I'm doing support me financially. So I don't really need to do the extra work, um, which is not a brag. It's, you know, these days are few and far between. <laughs> but um, the thing that I've tried to start doing is, yeah, actually making these projects for myself. So I know I want to write a story every week or I want to be building a collection of short stories. So I'm going to write this much or I'm going to work on my web comic or I'm going to really sit down and try and figure out what I want to do in the long run for like Bravest Warriors or for Scissorhands. And um, actually, you know, a lot of people will tell you that the best thing to do is to set a goal per day of writing for an hour or, you know, even half an hour if you're a crazy busy person and writing is not your number one priority. It's just making yourself do it until it becomes habit, until it becomes a thing that you reach for. And uh, I think that's, you know, what helps a lot. I've also been trying to read a lot more, especially, you know, I I mean, I already read an insane amount of comics, (laughs) trying to make myself read more comics and read more short stories and uh, pay attention to them in different ways. You know, when reading a comic and being like, oh, I really, really love this panel layout or I really love, you know, the way that this plot kind of unravels and um, taking notes of things in different ways than than I definitely used to. So it's I mean, for me, I'm still kind of faking it till I make it and figuring out how it works. But um, it also really helps to have other people in your life that do write or that um, that are creating things so that you kind of feel that little, you know, that nudge or that, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, well, I know, you know, it's not just me. Like I the next time I talk to this person, I'm going to want to tell them what I've been working on or what story ideas are in my head. So all of those things can be can be really helpful. Chris, who is at Soulful Dealist, I think that's your name? Soulful? Anyway, hi, Chris. Um, Chris asks, one I should have asked from the beginning, are you a fan of any manga? If so, which? I do remember Junji Ito being mentioned, though. Um, I am not a huge manga reader. I I definitely would call myself even a very small manga reader, like the size of the fear demon in Buffy, Um, (laughs) which is very little. Uh, I haven't read a lot of manga since I was in junior high, and I went through uh, a pretty heavy phase of clamp addiction, uh, which sounds really bad if you don't know that that's a publisher. Um, clamp uh, put out like uh, Card Capture Sakura and, and things like that. Um, so I remember being really into that. Obviously, crazy about Sailor Moon, but it was definitely more about the TV show than the manga for me, just because I didn't really have access to the manga where I was. Um, and so, yeah, it was that, and like, yeah, Magic Knight Ray Earth, Card Capture Sakura, and like a little bit of Fushigi Yugi, but that was it. And I I do really love horror manga. Uh, yeah, I love Uzumaki. Uh, that's definitely one of my favorite go-to books to recommend to people who want to get into horror comics, because I think horror manga definitely gets darker and edgier than a lot of North American uh, horror comics. So... It's it's not a great answer, and it's not that I'm opposed to it at all, because I have a ton of fun reading manga. It's just that I'm so unaware of it, and, and a lot of it, it just seems so outside my worldview and, you know, the, the circle of things that I read. Um, and I definitely should read more. People are recommending it to me all the time, so... 
My short answer is not really, but I'm not I'm not, I'm not against it. Bang's bang's pretty great. Since we last spoke, Lesson Live launched a Patreon. And if you want to know what that is, good news, I'm going to tell you. A Patreon is a monthly subscription service or uh, kind of a crowdfunding platform where if you like this show, you can support it financially with money, uh, which is really great because this show is costs a little bit of money to make. Uh, it's, you know, it, we do it in a real recording studio and the guys here make those amazing songs. And everything that I'm saying right now, you can watch me say better and with video on uh, the actual Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash less than live. And there you can find out what it's all about. So pretty much you can choose an amount of money, if you're interested, uh, to pledge to us monthly. And for those specific amounts of money at different levels and different amounts, you will get different rewards. Um, you can get a voicemail message from me. You can subscribe to get a biannual package of goodies and swag. Uh, you can have advanced access to what guests we're going to have on the show, uh, to ask questions. And these things are going to change and develop as we go along, and we're going to invent new things. And I just really want to make it kind of a cool, interactive, behind-the-scenes experience and uh, to show you know people who, who do subscribe and who do support the show a little bit extra and, uh, and you know get you all involved. So you can check that out, again, at patreon.com. That's patron with an E in it, uh, slash less than live. And uh, donate a little bit of money if, if you want. That'd be cool. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna ask a question. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. This is the interview section. So today we are talking to Marguerite Bennett, who is somebody I've just gotten to know really over the last year and someone who is, if you've ever met her, and you should make an effort, a total delight of a human being and also has uh, probably the best collection of sundresses I've ever seen on the planet. Um, Marguerite's a writer and works for DC, Marvel, Boom, writes pretty much like a third of the comics on the shelves right now. Uh, uh, am I right about this, Marguerite? <laughs> There, there are a fair few. Yeah, there's Thank a fair you so few. Much sundresses. <laughs> oh man, they're so good. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating there. Like the coordination is is really top notch. Oh, <laughs> I like to start the show by just telling here. you how pretty you are, um, <laughs> but also insanely prolific. So uh, you know that that should probably have taken first place. Um, you're working on Sleepy Hollow. You're working on a uh, new series Butterfly. You're in the Vertigo Quarterly. You're doing Earth Two. Uh, everything everything uh yeah i i love it i mean i'm like one of those i mean honestly uh, if you've ever heard this before but like one of those deep sea fish where the pressure is what holds them together yeah and you know when you take them out of that environment they either you know and, and raise them up into the place where that pressure is absent then they either dissolve or explode depending on how quickly you do that so i love being crazy busy yeah um i love getting to jump around in all these different worlds and explore new things and work with new people you know artists editors other writers 
writers. Um, and so, like, I I couldn't really even imagine, you know, like, slowing down. I know it'll happen or I'll burn out and die. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> for the time being, um, you know, I'm just having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, I mean, I had, I'm down to a humane eight issues a month. Oh, my so God. This is where I hope to stay. <laughs> <A little while>. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing because I know people who are like, oh, my God, you write three issues a month? That's so much work. I'm just like... <laughs> I looked and I like for the people listening, I was like, Marguerite, can you just send me a little list of the stuff you're working on right now? She sends me this thing that's like a script length of like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I have something out literally every week until uh, Christmas uh, at, at the very least one thing. And it's so funny because my my initial reaction like instinctively was, oh, my God. And within half of a second was, I'm so jealous. I wish I was that insanely busy (laughs) because I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm like, I have a week off where no script is due and I feel like I'm going insane. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I can, you know, you know, after a con, I can take a day and, you know, try and take a breather. But I don't know. I, you know, I've always been sorry. I don't know if you're like a like a huge Harry Potter fan. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. No, um, no, yeah, oh, like, absolutely. I'm complete Hufflepuff as far as like the work <laughs> ethic. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm I'm happy when I'm, you know, I'm I'm really lucky also because I'm doing something that I love. Mm-hmm. If my job was doing something else, I would be way more sullen and way less prolific. <laughs> so you know, and it's it's also like a game that's, you know, cheating in my favor really because you know I'm I just had my 27th birthday. Um, I'm you know I'm not married. I don't have a house. Like I don't have kids. I don't have a dog. Like. I can, you know, I get to to spend all my time, you know, just doing this. Um, so it is like, you know, Charles Soule is the far more impressive person if we're going to like get down to like comparing because he's got, you know, a family and a law firm and like real people responsibilities. Uh, I have Cheetos and Netflix. So Yeah, but at the same time, I've just turned 26 and I'm in the same boat. So mm-hmm. I'm like way more like, damn, Marguerite, you're doing it. Um <laughs> Because it's incredible. Like, so, I mean, I've got I've got a list here, but it's going to sound more impressive when you say it. Um, what what like I know I mentioned Sleepy Hollow and Earth 2 and stuff like that. What mm-hmm. is the uh, sort of sum total of the titles that you're that you're working on right now? Oh, gosh. Not okay. to put you on the spot. I mean, you can <laughs> no, if you forget some, it's understandable. Um, today we had the the Death of Wolverine, the Logan Legacy come out, um, which is a Lady Deathstrike, uh, you know, one shot story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on a weekly, which does also like super bump up those stats. Um, it's part of uh, Earth Two World's End, mm-hmm. and then I'm also uh, co-writing on the regular monthly title as well. Mm-hmm. And then let's see, at Archaea, I've got a series called Butterfly, which is this um, this crazy spycraft story that I'm working on with a screenwriter named Arash Amel. And it, the the entire story is structured as a dual narrative between um, a spy who's lately been burned by her agency mm. and a man who was burned, you know, 20 years ago, who, and this is kind of a spoiler, but who's revealed to be um, her father, who she'd believed had died a war hero. And so the entire book is structured so that each issue is split right down the middle. And uh, the main character, Butterfly, her story heads forward and has this very, you know, like precise structure, you know, lots of like, you know, like two by three pages, um, very strict paneling, uh, like like the, a lot of stasis as far as the lens with which he, she views the world, as though it's, you know, done in snapshots, everything very compartmentalized. Yeah, it's and got then, a really like Polaroid kind of yeah. look to mm-hmm. it, which is very cool. Yeah, Antenna Ufuso um, is, you know, he's, he's, he's really brilliant. 
And um, then when we get back to uh, her father's narrative, everything runs backwards and they meet on a splash page. And when you get to his narrative, um, the palette changes and the, the structure starts to unwind. You know, things start to um, spread. There are lots of, you know, like like double page um, united uh, sequences and the panel sizes start to change and everything starts to deteriorate. And um, so I had a lot of fun. I love playing with structure. Mm-hmm. And so I was really lucky, um, you know, that Archaea, you know, gave me the room to do something really weird. <laughs> yeah. Especially since they picked me up, um, actually at New York Comic Con last year, I want to say. Uh, so uh, that was, you know, it was one of the first projects that I'd ever gotten to work on that was outside of superheroes. Then, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sleepy Hollow, of course, which is, you know, the thing that lets me just be like a huge, like, rabid fangirl. <laughs> which is fantastic because, I, I mean, like, so much of what I do is basically fan fiction because mm-hmm. it's working on, you know, things yeah. based on stuff mm-hmm. I love. And, I, like, I'm just getting into Sleepy Hollow. But it was so funny because my mom has, like, watched the entire series <laughs> in a week. Like, she had a vacation of a week and watched all of Sleepy Hollow. And when I told her, I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking to the woman who writes the comic book. She got so excited, <laughs> um, which was so fun. I'm also a huge fan of your mom based off of your Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. So. My mom's kind of the best. Um, she's, you know, an active member of the uh, sex criminals uh, comic family. So, you know, it's great. Um, but that's really awesome. I'm still getting through the first season because I am a huge wimp and it scares me. And I love it so much. And I love Abby and Ichabod and their relationship. And I can't even imagine how much fun it must be to write the two of them. Like, yeah. it's got to be so great. And uh, yeah. but it's scary. So I'm, I'm getting through it. I'm getting through it. And then I can't wait to, to mm-hmm. check out the comic. Yeah, totally. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, especially since you you and Angelina have have characters in there. Which is so exciting. <laughs> um can you Yeah, yeah, just Marguerite, hey, brag about that for a second. <laughs> hey, Marguerite. So, I decided to name um the super cute couple uh in Sleepy Hollow number 1 um after Kate and Angelina. Um just I don't, I don't want to spoil it. They're just super cutie patooties and they own a bakery and they have a daughter and they're wonderful and I was super glad that uh the Sleepy Hollow writers like wrote off on that and let us go for it. I can't even, like, I can't even believe that that exists. You told yep. me, and you were so, yep. like, offhanded about it at New York Comic Con. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I wrote you in with uh, Angelina as, as a couple in Sleepy Hollow. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's insane. That's the cutest thing. you have thing. to get through it so you can read the comic. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, like, on episode six at this point, and it's so good. And I still, my favorite thing about the show so far is that character design of the Sandman. Um okay so cool with the sand that comes out of his eyes like yeah oh it creeped the hell out of me but it's so good there's some really nightmare stuff with some really simple designs yeah um, yeah it's it's terrific it reminded me so much i mean obviously with the the spindly fingers it's really similar to the character from pan's labyrinth but it had mm-hmm. such a he has such this guillermo del toro look to him yeah. um mm-hmm. which you know i'm so taken by that and and that kind of like no mouth thing is so yeah so creepy i mean it's just it's beautiful like it really taps into the things that would you know not not frighten us necessarily but which communicate something really evil and really unnatural and unsettling and it's you know th- these images that like will stick with you mm-hmm. you know not in, like it's not a, you know a gore or a jump thing or anything cheap it's just you know someone really put a lot of time and design into making this you know as simple and haunting as possible which is fantastic and it's so cool like i i feel that i didn't I wasn't really aware of the show when it was mm-hmm. going on its first season. And then it kind of, people kept telling me it had such an 
you know, kind of a Buffy vibe, but yeah. like the scary mm-hmm. episodes of Buffy. <laughs> um, and then I got really into it. And then that first episode, when there's that mirror jump scare, I was just oh. like, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. But I still, you know, uh, yeah, Abby and Ichabod are, are too much fun. Um we had a guy actually, so we just started doing this Patreon thing, and uh, part of it is is getting people to ask questions, like they sort of have first crack at it. And we got one; it's our first month. Um, and this guy, uh, Dave, asked uh, had a question for you actually, which I thought was really oh. neat. Um, which was, what is it like working on a licensed property that is only in its second season and is still on television? Like, what's what's that like? Because I mean, oh, are are you oh. getting info of from the show as it's going on, or are you kind of <laughs> making it up? <laughs> I do have I do have some spoilers, but you know mm-hmm. nothing like you know I, I didn't want to overset my bounds, and I, you know I'm a fan of the show also, so I don't want to know too much. Mm-hmm. Like I you know I want to stay as unspoiled as I can while still doing my job, right? Um, and so it's great that it's a new show because there's a lot of room you know to expand into the mythos and a lot of you know freedom to embroider out uh, through the characters and through their backstories and through their relationships with one another, mm-hmm. and having it. Um, like, like the fandom is really the thing that, you know, propelled me, you know, through this love and, you know, the idea that I could, you know, write for people who had the same, you know, like, like passions and delighted in the same relationships that I did was such an honor and such, you know, a huge motivation also. Um, it wasn't, you know, like, oh God, like I, you know, I hope people like this. I hope I don't screw up the canon because I said something contradictory to something that was in Batman 387. Right. Um, and you know, <laughs> like there, there's some times where it was, you know, I could, was just trying to think of how like a page would flow if it was going to be posted on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. I, yeah, yeah. I know, I know what that's about. <laughs> Some, yeah, there's there's some awareness going uh-huh. on, maybe. Well, you, you, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. And it, when you've been your audience, mm-hmm. if that makes any yeah. sense. You know what I mean. Yeah, no, Where totally. you've been, you know, a fan of the show. Um, and George uh, Coelho and Tamara Bonvillain um, are, have just been, like, like such a wonderful team. And Noelle Stevenson, who's doing our backups, who's yeah. just such a doll of a person and just got announced on the, you know, the Thorn number one annual. I can't even believe um, that. I had to, like, like sit down for a while. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. <laughs> amazing yeah um yeah i know it's a really really cool team and i love that noelle's doing the backups in it mm-hmm. like that's just so it just makes so much sense mm-hmm. it's she awesome. was such a huge part of the fandom like yeah. you know in its early days you know drawing the most adorable fan art oh, in the man. entire world that was part of the reason i wanted to check it out too it's yeah. just like there's gotta be something to this mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta be a reason there's all this fan art um yeah. and yeah i mean it is it's got the character interactions on the show are just so awesome. So I can't, I mean, I really, it's one of those things where like, I'm so excited to read the comics, but I think, I feel like, I feel like I'm probably okay if I finish the first season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Everything um, takes place in the, co- from the comics takes place in the first season between certain episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's gotta be a lot easier to work on than dealing yeah. with the, the back continuity yeah. of like the uh-huh. DC universe. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so how, how long have you been doing stuff, I mean, writing for, for DC? Oh, uh, July 31st, 2013 was my first comic. So I've been wow. doing this, you know, like, how many months? Is that 16 months? I can't do math. Yeah. 17 months? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> a while. A little while. Um, so does that, I mean, I know this is a really, like, base level question, and I apologize for that because no. I hate to get asked them myself. But when you go into and when you have to do the research for something like that, is it the kind of thing where you get – because, I mean, I've worked on other stuff, like, with Fraggle Rock mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, they I watched the show and yeah, I read uh-huh. the comics that had been done before. But when you're doing stuff in the DC universe, is there, like, a package or do you just Wikipedia binge for days and days? <laughs> 
Um, like, well, well, with Sleepy Hollow, it had been taken down from Hulu, so I had to do some rule-breaking to, <laughs> you know, to rewatch yeah. the show. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. And then um, a lot of the time, you know, it's, uh, you know, going on, like, eBay to try and find, like, you know, if there are rare single issues that I need that, you mm-hmm. know, didn't make it into trade. I try and, you know, buy whatever trades I need for, uh, usually, you know, for the superhero characters, because they have the most, you know, elaborate backstories, and they've passed the hands of so many different writers that, you know, based off of, you know, whatever team was working on it, the character can come off in, in very different ways. And sometimes you need to, you know, address that, um, I don't want to say inconsistency, but address that uh, that tone shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times you just sort of take it as, you know, this is the, the progression. Like, um, there's a wonderful Lois Lane comic, and I've tried to find it, like, I saw it on Tumblr, like... I don't know, a year ago, and I've never been able to track it back down, um, of Lois Lane, like, essentially falling and Superman, like, flying in like he's going to rescue her. And in the first, you know, she's, like, in the 40s, and she's, like, the, the reporter is going to get the scoop, and she's, like, oh, Superman, do you have a quote? You know, like, I, you know, caught this science, this mad scientist with his death ray, and, you know... Um, then it like shifts down and she's in a wedding dress and then like when he flies in she's like aha you know that proves that you love me more than Lana Lang and so we have to get married big boy (laughs) and you know and so it gives this progression and the very last one is her just like flicking her wrist at Superman just super dismissive and being like I don't have time for this (laughs) and like you know I'm like I I have I have to report you know like war journalism to do Mm -hmm. um and it was just so great you know it just it just you know summarized like all at once like my feelings about you know Lois Lane and then also about you know the shift and the change in women in comics and just also the progression of of characters um Mm -hmm. as they become increasingly beloved to an audience yeah. And uh so like yeah with um with really storied characters like Lois Lane I had like that was the largest amount of pressure I think I ever had to try and do credit to all the very different things she meant to very different people. Um yeah. whereas Batman you know is you know iconic and then there's um you know this is not like a detriment but there is you know uh this idea that Batman is is permanent is eternal that his his mentality is fixed. And that it's, you know, it's been consistent, you know, for for decades. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, I, I grew up on the Batman animated series. And oh, yeah. I didn't have to go back and, you know, read, you know. I, I mean, like I had already read a dozen, you know, or, or hundreds of Batman comics. But, um, you know, I didn't have to go doing research on that point. Um, for Lady Deathstrike, that was, uh, like, that research was really interesting. As, um, you know, there had been huge, like, chunks of her history that I'd never learned about. And to get to incorporate and address, like, those shifts in her character was, um, like, I don't know, I, I really liked it. It was really rewarding as far as um, incorporating that into the story. I think there's, especially with characters with Lois Lane, mm-hmm. I could, I, I mean, as you say that, I'm thinking about it. And from from a writer's standpoint, she would be very challenging. Like, cause mm-hmm. she, I think people who love her love her in a in a very distinct and important way. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because she is this character where she's a love interest. But I think so many writers have fought to make her stand on her own, you know, because yeah. she, she's mm-hmm. a lady reporter. Like, there are a lot of love interests in comics for male superheroes who aren't mm-hmm. anywhere near as headstrong <laughs> as Lois Lane. Um, so I totally get that. And it's, I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, Wonder Woman, again, has been so many different things. And mm-hmm. when something is so iconic and it's reached that stage where it's been written by so many hundreds of different people that you can really attack it from any angle. Whereas mm-hmm. Lois Lane, I think there's these particular things about her that are so beloved that, yeah, you got to... Mm-hmm. 
hit that. I mean, I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm a Lois Lane Superman's girlfriend fangirl. Yeah, like uh-huh. those comics are some of the best, most ridiculous comics in the world. But um, mm-hmm. no, I just I, I wondered about that because I guess everyone's approach to that is really different. Um, yeah, and and like in the era, you know, of of social media, but especially of Twitter, where I'm the most active, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were weighing in uh, whenever I would, you know, do an interview or just, you know, even when I was just announced on it. One of the first questions, um, you know, so it was it was you know Lois Lane number one, and mm-hmm. um, people were like, okay, so what role does Superman play? And I said, well, it's really her story. Um, not his. And then I had people swoop in and be like, you don't have to meet, make her a single woman to make her strong. You know, women in relationships are just as strong as single women. And mm. then, you know, it got the title Superman's girlfriend, or sorry, um, Superman colon Lois Lane number one. Yeah. And then people swooped in and said, Lois Lane is independent and stands on her own. Why do you keep tying her back to Superman? And it was just like, People on the internet had a knee-jerk reaction to something without thinking about the consequences? Marguerite, you're having one over on me. Oh. So, you know, I just I just kept my, you know, hands off. And, like, he does show up, and he shows up for a single panel in the comic. Yeah. he has zero dialogue. It's this beautiful panel by Megan Hetrick, who is, you know, a dream artist to work with. Mm-hmm. Um I just left it at that, and I didn't say a single word about it. So. And I feel like that comic was really well responded to. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Um, yeah, no, I like. I remember, you know, selling it in the store, and people were very excited about it, and, and oh. that was really awesome. <laughs> and it made me be like, man, I wish there was a Lois Lane comic. Oh. Um, but well, I always I'm feel that way about so many go. of the kind of less represented uh, female yeah. characters because I'm such I'm so biased where I want to read all about the ladies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so biased, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one. Um. <laughs> so you're working on that. Uh, you're working on Earth Two, Sleepy Hollow, and uh, you're working with Kieran Gillen now. Mm-hmm. So how's how's that going? Does he make as many horrible, awful puns in when he's working with you as he does on Twitter? Because I swear to God, I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I love I love getting like Kieran's like train of thought in his scripts. Yeah, explaining does certain things like that's the best and you're just like wondering under what circumstances this was written (laughs) i yeah it's great i love karen's scripts um no like like, it literally like makes my day when like one pops up my inbox that's awesome um so i i uh i wound up getting looped into the um the marvel retreat last summer Mm -hmm. and um like kieran uh phil jimenez and i and our um our editors in the project jonathan and will just you know wound up like sitting upstairs in like this hotel bar and just getting drinks and you know just like chatting the story through and like i don't think phil's pen was still like in his journal the entire time we were talking he was you know sketching armor and sketching monsters and sketching you know cover ideas and this and that and it was just it was really, it was just really great. And it was just, you know, such a fun, you know, like optimistic, you know, kind of like inspiring moment, you know, mm-hmm. that a character, you know, this, this, um, this controversial character, um, who was very new to the Marvel universe had this, you know, already had this like community behind her that really cared about her. <laughs> and, you know, even if the, it was just, you know, the little handful of us sitting in a hotel bar. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. So many um, things come from those. Yeah. Has anyone taken you up on your hit against Kieran, or is he still alive? I don't understand how he's still alive. Um, yeah, I, I uh, Kieran Gillen, <laughs> if you follow him on Twitter, is the worst. 
I like I love it so much because I've been I've I mean I've known Karen for a while and we hung out a bunch when we were in uh, Ireland and I followed him on Twitter for ages and then someone posted on Tumblr the other the other day which I don't know if you saw it just all those things of Kieran doing puns and Matt Fraction <laughs> threatening to kill him. Yep. <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing because the part of me was just like, how am I not screen capped in this? I'm constantly responding to these. <laughs> just going like, Kieran, what is wrong with you? He's awful. He's And he's really gotten into it now. I think now he's yep. had that taste of like everyone threatening to murder him. <laughs> well, it was so funny. So I tweeted, I was like, I will pay anyone $2,000 to kill Kieran Gillen. And as soon as I tweeted, I was just like, I really hope no one t- thinks I'm being serious. I'm sure it's going to be on Bleeding Cool like the next day. You know, Kate Leth and Kieran Gillen feuding, threatens threatens to murder him. But well, someone's... Well, partying at the Thought Bubble because they had their um, release party for the Wiccan Divine number one trade. Yeah, gosh volume. comics. Yep, yep, yep. Man. That was crazy, but uh, that book that book is good. But he seems to still be alive. Yes, check Mm -hmm. check in. Jamie hasn't reported anything, so okay. (laughs) I will try not to kill Kieran. I know you have to uh, continue to work with him. (laughs) We got we got a few more issues to do. All right, I'll let him live for now. Oh, I appreciate it. Hey, I'm nothing if not generous. (laughs) Um. So you got that. Uh, I'm. I mm-hmm. keep being so worried that I'm going to miss something and not mention something. Oh that, no worries. I mean, like Angela. On. Angela's so much fun. Um, like how the entire book is structured since he and I are co-writing it is that he takes care of um this 15 page sort of like like the overstory. Like this mm-hmm. is the thing that ties the six issue um the first six issue arc together, and he's working um with Phil, and then I have um okay let me back up. So Angela um has uh, a traveling companion named Sarah, who's a new character who she knew in her past before Angela discovered, um, you know, her, her as guardian identity. And uh, Sarah was was killed in action, um, you know, uh, in, in her past. And now Sarah has reappeared without explanation. And um, Angela is, you know, is sort of like struggling with, you know, her, her feelings about this and her feelings about death, um, especially. And Sarah is less of a fighter and more of, you know, of a bard. And she's, you know, she's interested in art and music. And so within each story, you know, uh, Sarah tells a, um, sort of a, a, a fantastical tale about Angela. And they might be true. They might be <laughs> not. They might not be. And um, it just sort of like winds into the, you know, these five pages done by um, Stephanie Hans, whose work is exquisite. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, she it's- does the... Uh, I'm mm-hmm. gonna hate this if I get it wrong, but did she did she do that piece with Gamora for the anti-bullying? Those covers for Marvel. Let me, yeah. It's like Gamora will, leaning over a tree. It's the background on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, so I, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm no, just no, not at all. It no, was her. Yeah, it was her. Um, awesome. That picture is absolutely gorgeous. So mm-hmm. I can I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, she paints all the pages, and like the, the the panels are broken up. Like you know, it's it's a work of like you know, almost like orthodox iconography. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's amazing. You know, this, these are things that I would you know hang on my wall in a heartbeat. Um, and so it's a lot of pressure actually to be like I have to write something good enough to warrant her painting it. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
That's a thing. And I mean, I, I'd ask you about it because I'm only, I mean, I've just been doing the writing thing for like a year now. But does it ever feel to you that that it is completely insane that you get to write these things for these characters that you love and then the artists that you love draw them? So it's like you get paid to commission yeah. art from your favorite people <laughs> and then you get like you, you, that's your living. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Does that ever feel insane? No. And like, there are times, you know, where, um, like for, I did the, the, uh, Vertigo quarterly anthology, mm-hmm. um, that came out in October. It was, it was yellow. And I did this like creepy horror story about God and the devil and children. And, um, Perfect. uh, you know, Shelley Bond at Vertigo and my editor, Sarah Miller, um, wound up taking like a real shine to the story. And they said, you know, we want to find an artist, you know, who we really think will be perfect. What about Bill Sienkiewicz? <laughs> and I had to lie down. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with this. Um, yeah. And I got to meet him at, at New York oh, wow. Sorry, I got all shrill and fan. No, it was perfect. It was, that's so charming. Um, yeah, such a gentleman and he gave me like one of the pages from our story oh and i mean he's like oh my gosh oh my goodness i'm looking at it right now it's so frightening i love it to pieces <laughs> it's i mean like the when when we started doing edward scissorhands and, and my editor mm-hmm. sarah gatos was like who would you want on covers and you know the first names i threw out i was like well i want joe canonas and i want uh, kevin wada and i want declan shabby yeah. and the, the kevin wada and the deck covers those were so killer and I joe's joe's is just uh was just in previews um and it's so amazing because his character the uh, megs who's like the the teen girl in it mm-hmm. he drew her kind of like Shelley Duvall almost I don't know there's something about her and uh-huh. it's gorgeous it really does look like the cover of a, a teen mystery story which is really the look that I was kind of going for um, at least with the tone of it and it's just like I remember when we got the email back from Sarah and she's like oh yeah Kevin's in and like i feel sick a little bit when i think about it because it's so exciting um yep. and all three of them like they're just like and everybody and like gabriel rodriguez who i mean oh. i'm a huge lock and key yeah. fan and so he's one of my favorite living artists i mean like Lord. oh and the nicest person mm-hmm. i just met him at new york comic-con and oh. it was like <laughs> i was freaking out that's so stellar. Oh, yeah, you did the signing with him. Yes, which is yeah, nuts. That's awesome. How in my life do I sign with Gabriel Rodriguez? <laughs> and, like, sitting next to Louise Simonson, no friggin' big deal. <laughs> just Eagle. like, I'm going to pee. Um, no, I just feel like asking it because, I mean, artists or writers, I think, who've been doing it for so many years, I guess that wears off maybe a little bit. Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> no. It's still the most exciting thing when you get pages back and you're like, oh, hey, I wrote that. And this person who is insanely talented at drawing drew it and um, I get paid for that. Yeah. Like, I yeah, should be so paying true. for this. <laughs> like, I wake up, you know, every day and I'm so grateful and so astonished that this is, you know, this is how my life has, has turned out so far. And, you know, I've like, I, I've struggled a lot with like with insecurity and anxiety and depression. And so I just, you know, it's this perpetual astonishment like every day I like wake up to this surprise that mm-hmm. this is the person that I woke up as and you I mean you've got Phil Noto doing covers on mm-hmm. Butterfly oh, so tremendous so no big deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's definitely one of my favorite people and no, super absolutely. sweet so like I just it's one of those questions that I just think I, I never heard you mm-hmm. know writers talk about or, or heard it asked on panels which is like <laughs> what is <Yeah>. that like <laughs> Um, cause I think, yeah, I just, every time I get one of those emails, every time I get pages back, it's just, it feels crazy. Yeah. What's it like? It's totally bitching. <laughs> we got it made. We, what, like, I don't know how else to say it. Our lives are cool. Our job is cool. 
but like, I'm so grateful, you know, just, just for this chance and for, you know, that, that DC picked me up and that Scott, you know, chose me and that, you know, the writers have been, or the, the, the writers and the readers um, have been so supportive and, you know, have turned out and like taken risks on, you know, books that I've been on, especially me being, you know, unpublished before, you know, the Batman annual last year. Um, yeah. so, you know, I really can't thank them enough. Like it's because of them that, you know, I get to go to cons, I get to keep doing this and I get to, you know, to, to meet these people and turn out stories that they hope, you know, they love in turn. So yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm all like, like warm and fuzzies and I'm pretty gross right now. So don't come near me. No, it's really good. I mean, that is crazy. So unpublished last year and now you've got, you're yeah. working on eight <laughs> titles a month. <laughs> Kids, it can happen. <laughs> This could be you. Um, that if is. You don't want it. You'll be crazy. <laughs> You'll never sleep. Yeah. This will be your hobby and your social life. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's that's... Weird. like do you. Do you ever get like I don't know. I feel like a huge imposter whenever I go to cons. Oh my like, god. Yes. Yeah. You know, absolutely. standing at bars and being like, I grew up reading that person's work, mm-hmm. and I I don't know. And now they're gonna buy me a drink. I I can't. I don't know how to process this. Well, I mean, you know Scott, um, mm. but I like I was walking down the hall, like at past his table at NYCC, and he like called out to me. He's like, "Hey, Kate, how's it going? Come on over!" <laughs> and like started talking to me and was like, "Oh, this is my friend Kate," introducing me to somebody. And the entire time in my head, I'm just screaming, "This is Scott Snyder! <laughs> he writes Batman!" <laughs> and even though it's like, "Oh yeah, we're contemporaries. We work in the same business. Like, I'm not no, I'm not nobody. I have I have all these things coming out. Like, I am published, but at the same time, it's just like." Even though we're friends, even though we've spoken several times, we've had drinks at the same parties, we know the same people. Yeah. It's just like, you're right, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt the same way when I met Brian K. Vaughn, you know, and and because I we I talked about the Valkyries and was just like, mm-hmm. oh hey, I run that, and he was so friendly and and oh. sweet about it and and excited about them, and I'm just standing there being like, you're right, why the last man? <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Saga, and I think. You know, I'm sure as you have, because I, I've seen you at conventions, you can totally mm. talk to people. You, you, We socialize. We're human. We're not freaking out on the outside. But I, but I, I am rightly scolded because I am still freaking out on the inside. Oh, I yeah. I come off as quite the fangirl. I try, I try to hold it together, but sometimes my inner flounce just has to present itself <laughs> i think i've really developed this thing where i will meet people that i'm so excited about and just say right away i'm like listen <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm a huge fan i don't want to freak out because nobody wants that but i need to tell you right now yep i think you're fantastic and most yep. people are, are so cool about that like mm-hmm. once you get past that it's almost like it's better than when they can tell yeah you're kind of fangirling and trying not yeah. to it's almost <laughs> better to just address it yeah um, absolutely and yeah, so I, I've kind of taken to doing that, you know, when it when it feels appropriate. But but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've met tons of people that you've completely freaked out about. Yeah, <laughs> right? How do you not? It's the I'll preserve my honor and not mention specifics. Oh, I was trying. To, I was going for it for a second, but no, that's fine. That's fine. Like the the funny part is, um, like the people that you meet that you don't. I mean, you know, because so much um of the industry, like when I was growing up, I had no idea what anyone looked like, and you know, even with the introduction of social media, like I never you know, really put together faces and names. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, you know, like, like okay, I'm jumping back to New York Comic Con last year um, when I met Kieran for the first time. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, like, what he looked like or, you know, that I had been talking to him in a bar. Yeah. 
Oh, so, God. Yeah, I've had that happen so many yeah. times. You just have no idea who you're talking to. And then it turns out it's someone that you're like, oh, yeah, I know. I grew up reading your comics. Cool. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to hyperventilate. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> and it's also, it's so nice because, you know, you, you hear, like, you know, don't meet your idols. Yeah. You know, because so many times, like, you know, people are people. And, you know, especially after, like, a day at a con, you know, if you run into someone at a bar, you know, they've been on all day and yeah. now they you know want to drink and hang out and chat with their friends mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna throw kieran out of the bus here <laughs> <laughs> any day of the week uh, yeah uh, so um so last year you know i wrote uh for dc comics um one of the villains month uh, or the the yeah the villains month issue uh loba number one which right. was very uh sexy Lobo, contentious right? <laughs> <laughs> sexy emo lobo yeah there we go yep um and then uh you know so that, that was all you know i got like a, like a ton of like rape and death threats and like oh, things like great. that yeah um yeah and so then um you know even though it had come out like a month prior uh people you know i didn't really have anything coming out until november then so really all folk wanted to talk to me about at last year's you know new york was that book mm-hmm. and was the controversy and um right. So, you know, after I realized that it was like, you know, Kieran, I was talking to, you know, like, and I had been, you know, talking to somebody else about, you know, that I felt, that I felt, you know, pretty, like, you know, crummy. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to cuss on your show that much. That's, um, that's fine. And, uh, you know, Kieran said, you know, well, I, what I said was, um, that really wasn't how I ever pictured, like, my first, you know, solo comic going. And he's, you know, asked me, like, did I know what his first solo comic was? And I told him he had me at a disadvantage. And he said, no one remembers the first comics. They only remember the good comics. And that really like, yeah, that was like really true and like really stuck with me. And that's like, you know, a piece of advice that I like, you know, try and pass on now. That's really, that's, that's Kieran. (laughs) But he doesn't want me to tell that story because it ruins his street cred. So. No, that's fine. (laughs) Now you've only told several thousand people. So there we go. It's cool. (laughs) But that's, that's really good. I think that's a really good thing to keep in mind because I definitely, I definitely get that way about stuff sometimes. Where it's like, oh, that one issue or that one thing, those couple panels, people are gonna, yeah. mm-hmm. that's gonna be my rep now, and yeah. you know, it's not the way it is. People love the stuff that they love, and mm-hmm. I mean, I get it's it's clearly all worked out for you. So, <laughs> well, come on, I don't talk to losers. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's oh my god, we need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Get Caleb. I don't talk to losers. <laughs> oh, I feel really bad. I take it all back now. Um <laughs> So you're doing so you're doing all that stuff. Um yeah. I know how the I clearly know how NDAs work, but um is there anything <laughs> going on uh over the next couple months or the next year that you can talk about that you're excited about? Um, let's see. I've got uh I was announced on Maximum Ride um with for Marvel, which is an adaptation of a James Patterson young adult series. Yes. Um I really wanted to to work um with Sana at Marvel and I you know get the chance to work with um Alex Sanchez or um and then uh Stephanie Hans is doing our covers again. And, um, let's That's see. Awesome. And I, I especially want to do something, um, young adult, frankly. Mm. And, uh, like I, in so many times at conventions, you know, people would bring like, you know, they're these, these, you know, precocious, wonderful, like girls, like up to my table and they'd ask like, what was appropriate? And I had nothing. Yep. <laughs> I'm a horror writer. And I just like, 
you know, Lois Lane was like the the safest thing I could think, you know, to to give them. And even that has like a lot of body horror, and, you know, <laughs> a lot of like dire circumstances. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to, to working on that. And then um, I have uh, another very big project coming up at Marvel um, for next spring and summer. And then at DC, I don't think I can say what I'm at at DC, but I'm like, if this goes according to plan, I'm so like, like, oh my God, screaming into a pillow, excited about getting to do this. Man. So. <laughs> it's dreamy. It's I, I it's yeah. so exciting to see you doing this kind of stuff because it's like, yeah, that's what's what I want. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Cheers. Um, so that's really awesome. I know it's so awful whenever you talk to comics people, and you're like, so what are you working on? Everyone's like, I can't tell you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's this veil of constant secrecy. Yeah. Which or is no really matter funny. what you're working on, everyone else's projects sound way cooler. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> everyone, everything everyone is doing is more exciting than what I'm doing. And the stuff I'm doing is, is really exciting. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but I totally get it. Um, I'm sure you get that, like, every every once in a while, someone uh, gets announced on a project. And you're just like, well, I guess yeah. I'm <laughs> go sit in this bucket. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even though you wake up and you're like, oh, wait, no, I write comics for a living. My life is still really great. Yeah. Um, Marguerite, are you uh, are you traveling at all in the next while? Like what what's your con schedule oh, coming up? Um, no, I think I'm like pretty shut down. I'm, I'm hoping to go to, um, you know, Emerald City uh, mm-hmm. next year. Do it. Um, yeah, it sort of like depends on like my, you know, my workload around then. Yeah. Um, because some things are going to start to kick into high gear, but I think I've gone kind of dormant for the winter, unfortunately. No, it's um, perfectly reasonable. Yeah. And, um, you know, I went to, um, you know, a bunch of different cons this year and I, you know, because of, because of my workload, like, you know, I've seen people like, you know, just like completely blow deadlines and lose books, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to like, you know, meet expectations for fans and for, you know, that con circuit. And so I'm trying to sort of, you know, pick and choose, maybe change it up where I go next year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are cons that, you know, I love and I, you know, I really don't know how to decide, you know, what stays and what goes, you know, at a good time at pretty much every place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at like San Diego, you know, makes me want to come home and just like, you know, die peacefully in my bed as an old woman. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, you know, how I would ever cut that show. Whereas, you know, Heroes, what, you know, didn't necessarily, um, you know, accomplish any of the goals that I had set out. But at the same time, I had a ton of fun there. And so, you know, I don't know. I'm really torn. And, you know, I want to try C2E2. And, you know, I want to try, you know, WonderCon. And I would love to try, you know, Thought Bubble next year. But oh, man. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm too new. <laughs> I haven't figured this out yet. Yeah, it's this. I feel like I went for basically everything this year, and mm-hmm. now I, I've I've learned a little bit, and I I really want to do more like European shows, yeah. uh, which of course becomes more of a, a financial strain. But at the same time, it's like there. I mean, I guess I guess I've only really been to to the one, but mm-hmm. I'm also the show in Puerto Rico where it's like any oh, excuse yeah. to. Oh, it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. I spent like three days in a pool um, and signed some comics. <laughs> I went to the beach in Puerto Rico. It was great. Uh, <laughs> what more do you want from a convention? Um, and Ireland, I mean, Dice was uh, probably mm-hmm. the best show that I went to all year. Um, really? Oh, man, that show. Like, I cannot say enough good things about it. I don't even understand it. It just has the best environment. Everyone <laughs> is so nice. There's like, there's no weird 
drama. You know, there's always weird drama at these conventions. And it just wasn't. Everyone was just cool. Everybody hung out. We went to one of those dinners where there's always like 12 people. And yeah. as soon as you hear about <laughs> it, you start getting stressed because you're like, oh, yeah. everybody's going to be late. And it's we're going to have to. No, it went perfectly fine. Everyone showed up on time. <laughs> we ordered. It was like. It was great. And everything is kind of within walking distance. Um, So I absolutely loved it. And the people Mm -hmm. at uh, Big Bang Comics who run it are some of the sweetest people. So that show was great. And Emerald City uh, also Uh, was fantastic. I mean, I love TCAF. I go every year. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great indie con. Um, But yeah, Emerald City really. It's just so crazy how that show is the same size or like in the same kind of bracket as San Diego, New York Comic Con. Uh But it is 10,000 times better. <laughs> dark magic, presumably. It's so good. I mean, yeah, something about it is just is really fantastic. And I've been asking people like, what's their favorite? Because you know, I really, yeah, I'm just with the same thing where I want to try everything. You know, mm-hmm. I want to go everywhere and you know see what what are my favorites. I, I really um, want to do Thought Bubble. I'm, I'm, yeah. it's gonna be awful. Mm-hmm. This this weekend's gonna be awful. <laughs> you and we'll I are just it. gonna be like tweeting at each other, sitting at home. You, me, and Jose Cuervo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My friend Jack Daniels. There we go. Yeah, hanging out. Um, no, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's like there's there's so many shows and there's an infinite number of options for them. But mm-hmm. um, Margarita always in the show asking what people are reading, uh, and it doesn't have to be modern recommendations. But um, mm-hmm. it's I I have a limited a limited worldview of comics, so yeah. I like to know <laughs> what you, what are you into. <laughs> <laughs> That was awful. Um, Margaret, what are well, you reading? <laughs> we're actually, we're, we're having this, um, like, YouTube, well, we, we get to celebrate Halloween with our regular friend group, so this Friday we're having this, uh, like, like creepy YouTube, you know, like, creepy pasta party, and um, awesome. so I pulled out, you know, a bunch of, like, horror comics that, you know, we can essentially do, like, you know, to, to, to read aloud or to share, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, Emily Carroll's Through the Woods is definitely on there. Yep. Um, then, Continuing uh, the proud tradition of mentioning that book in every episode of yeah. the show. There we go. Good. <laughs> and it deserves it. It's so good. Like, that book haunts me. Did you read her like new Halloween weekend. comic? Sorry? Did oh, you yeah. read? Oh, yeah. Oh, so my good. gosh. It's and the ads. So it's so amazing. And just, like, her use of color and texture. It's just, uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we've got, so we've got, like, a bunch of horror comics that are going to be coming out, um, and then, uh, let's see, Junji Ito, um, like, let's, I, uh, I have, let's see, um, just, like, like, select stories from one of his collections, uh, like, The Secret of Amigara Fault, Mm -hmm. and The Long Dream, and, uh, just, like, and The Human Chair, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh so you know some freaky stuff with that and then as far as you know things you can go out in the store um you know lumberjanes the wicked and the divine um you know like i feel like i have i never have anything like really interesting to add like you know like saga and things like that mm-hmm. um you know things that everyone is already reading and so my, my recommendation does not help um like the wake just came out uh in uh in trade and so that's you know terrific to pick up mm-hmm. um the woods by james tynan um Let's see. Let's see. That's some good stuff. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, oh, and then Batman, of course. Yeah. Uh, so Batman 36 came out today. Obscure and... choice. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? And um, there's a thing that was revealed in Batman 36 today that I am so proud of because Scott is an evil genius. <laughs> and we seeded that plot all the way back in the Batman annual to, like, you know, more than a year ago now. So I hope people enjoy it because it's super messed up. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Um. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm so late. I'm so behind on comics. Yeah, really yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Those are some great things. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people uh, want to check out your comics, they can basically pick up uh, five to ten percent of comics on the shelves. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, where would they find you online? Oh, um, online, um, on you know Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and then Gmail. Um, my uh, username is Evil Marguerite, all one word, because <laughs> <laughs> no one is using that that combination of letters. It's very good. Uh, and uh, I'm most active on Twitter. Um, I am really terrible about checking my Gmail. I will get better at that. I promise. <laughs> and um, but then yeah, uh, and I'm learning to. I'm I'm trying to you know expand and be better at social media as opposed to just like slouching my way through on coffee breaks between it's a terrifying worlds. <laughs> don't don't blame yourself. It's, it's a slog. Um, but it can it can be lovely because that's mm-hmm. sort of how I met you too. So yeah, there we go. Look at that yeah. friendship. Um, thank you so much, Marguerite. Uh, if you want to, yeah, I can't, I can't even go through your Rolodex of comics, but, um, you know where to find her. Um, thank you so much for, for being on the show and for talking to me and for, uh, giggling a lot. That was really great. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks, Marguerite. Yeah. Take care. Well, that's our show. I'm off to the Miami Book Fair, uh, November 22nd and 23rd, and I'm doing a couple of workshops there, which I think you can find the info for on the Miami Book Fair website. It's going to be fun and weird, and I have no idea what to expect. (laughs) After that, I'm going to be in L.A. for a couple of weeks doing pretty much nothing, and I cannot wait, except that I am doing a signing at Meltdown Comics on November 29th at noon-ish. And that's going to be for Bittersweets. It's kind of a launch for that, as well as for Edward Scissorhands, because Drew Rausch, who's the artist, is going to be there. So for one day, my lovely parents uh, reunite. That's Boom and IDW. And they're letting us kind of do a fun signings party. So it's going to be great. Um, So if you're in L.A., you should come to that and say hi. Um, I suspect I'm going to be in L.A. a lot in the next little while, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, you can rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you like the show and want to keep us from screaming, can you can consider donating at villagesoundcast.com or you can subscribe to our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash less than live. Have I talked about it enough? It's going to get worse. Um, have a great week. If you want to get more from us, you can do so on our Facebook page, on Twitter at LTLcast, and you can get our show notes at lessthanlivecast.tumblr.com. See you in a few weeks, sports racers. I'll miss you. Hey, Amnesia Forgetful Face. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. (laughs) I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) I would like to. He would giggle so hard. I'm just throwing out so much post-podcast material here. He's so cute.